Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Kid Stays in the Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cooper, and joining me today is... Big Beluga Willie, the clown. Big Beluga Willie? (laughs) That's me. What does that even mean? (laughs) Honk, honk. That's my clown name. (laughs) You said you had a great name and I was really had high hopes. That's really funny. Big Beluga Willie? (laughs) Yeah. You don't like that name? I just don't get it. It's just a fun clown name. I was gonna say I can't imagine a single clown that we named Big Beluga <laughs> Willie. Big Beluga Bob. The clown. No, Willie's better. Anyway, joining me today, of course, is uh, Solomon Cooper. I'm hey not going to call you Big Beluga Willie. <laughs> well, you weren't going to call me by any name I said. Um, and today we are going to be discussing the latest horror movie in apparently a franchise. <laughs> um, we're going to be discussing Terrifier 2. 2. Not one. Yes, I have not, and full disclosure, I've not seen Terrifier 1. We have not. Neither I, of us have. I saw its Wikipedia page, so I could get caught up on it. I didn't even see that. Um, I heard from many people that we didn't have to watch the first one to watch the second one. I heard The second that. one went in a completely, I don't want to say fully different direction, but it went in a different direction as far as this one has like some bizarre supernatural elements to it. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, for those of you not familiar with Terrifier, it's about a, well, they call him a killer clown, but he's not actually a clown. He is a mime. A mime. Yes. A killer mime, which is, uh, frankly, quite a bit more original than a killer clown. And But his th- he still is Art the Clown. That's what people call him, yeah. And, then, and I guess the credits call him that, too. Yeah. But technically, he's a, he's a mime. Anyway, Art was first introduced in a short film, uh, part of it like a kind of an anthology series called All Hallows Eve, I believe. Um, is uh, the Damien is da- Damien Leon the director? Da- yeah, Damien Leon. Yeah, Damien Leon di- uh, directed a short segment. And he introduced Art the Clown there. Obviously, like a lot of uh, young filmmakers, young writers, he had grand plans for this. Young this, man. this creature, this this clown. This mime. And then he got some funding and he made Terrifier, which did really well at the festival circuit. It was known for being very, very gross, causing a lot of walkouts. Always good for for a horror movie. And with this movie, he actually got to make the Terrifier movie that he always wanted to make, which included some supernatural elements. They really introduced the idea that that Art the Clown is a supernatural being, whereas in the second movie, he was more like a generic slasher character, and that yeah. you just assumed he was a crazy person. You know mm-hmm. what I mean, mm-hmm. or you know, murderous person. Um, definitely, this movie is better for the fact that Art is set up as some kind of bizarro world, you know, version of a Cenobite. Um, but yeah, so I really wanted to watch. it. I was really excited about watching this movie. 
and uh, we went. We actually saw it just. We saw it just last night. So it's it's in should be fresh theater. in our mind. Yeah, we went to the we went to the big old theater. We didn't wait for it to come on go on uh, on demand. Yep, went to the see the pictures and the moving the moving picture show. Mm-hmm. Uh, great place to see it, by the way. Um, I did. I will not lie. Cover my eyes several times in this movie. Do you know what I didn't do? Cover my eyes a single time. I loved watching the the gore. Well, now you sound like a psychopath. <laughs> um. But yeah, I, I mean, there's not there's not any real things that I think we need to get into as far as you know themes or depth or whatever. I mean, some of those are in this movie. But uh, why don't you just start us off with a with a one of your classic patented plot synopses? Oh, I'm so good at these. I'm basically I don't even know why you do them. Anymore. I think you should do it just because mine are too good now. Just go ahead. Okay, so like. There's a clown who's supposedly dead, but now he's back on the run, killing people again. And it's scary. That was the worst one yet. What? But at least that one was short, so I'll give you that. Um, so this movie picks up a directly where Terrifier 1 ends. Again, like I said, I didn't see it, and you don't really need to because there's not like a lot of recurring characters or anything. It's a completely new cast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. But at the end, at the end of the original movie, um, the clown art is beaten the back of the head. His skull caved in. Back of his skull caved in. He's taken to the morgue, and you know the big jump scare they always have at the very end of every horror movie. Mm-hmm. Right when the guy starts to do an autopsy, art jumps up and attacks him. This movie starts exactly right there. Terrifier. It's a year later. It doesn't say a year later. It does. This is twenty eighteen. Well, it doesn't say that in the beginning of that scene because it opens in media res, right? Like in the middle of the attack. I think, yeah. Not you think, you know. I, I do know. The opening scene is that is the guy yes. who's about to do the autopsy You're stumbling right. around, bleeding out of his whole body. Yes. So, no, it does not take place a year later. Now, the plot of the movie may take place a year later, but the opening scene takes place one second later. Okay. And we watch Art very horrendously kill this coroner. And that's like the first five minutes of the movie. So you know immediately what you're in for. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's pretty brutal. Pretty brutal first kill. Really gross. He pops his eyeball out. He puts it in his thing. He puts it, he puts it, puts it in his thing. He puts it in his own eye socket. He plays with it. He makes some jokes about it. He stabs the guy's face open. He breaks his face. He rips his brain out. I mean, it is it's full on. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It wasn't too bad, though. I feel like I I, I, I didn't close my eyes or anything. It's pretty rough for me to get to just jump right into that. Um, And look, there the this movie is about a family who and me describing it is going to actually sound a lot more artful than how it comes across on screen just because at the end of the day this still is lower budget movie and there's some amateur-ish acting and he does get some great performance out of even some of the actors that are you know that are young and inexperienced which I which I appreciate and I don't want to knock any of them 
But when I describe this, I think Solomon, you'll agree with me Mm -hmm. that what I describe is going to sound a lot more clear and concise than how the movie was able to really present it. But what we have is a family who's the dad is deceased. He was a comic book artist and he died. We don't know how at the beginning in some tragic way. And his daughter is basically making a cosplay outfit of a character that that he he created for her. That he created for her. Yeah. And, you know, the the mom, she's a single mom. She's stressed out because her husband died. She's stressed out with her kids. Um, And then the youngest son seems like maybe he's a little bit disturbed. He seems to be a little bit too into serial killers and, you know, murderers and et cetera, et cetera. Just death. Horrible death. Yeah. And the oldest sister, or the oldest child is um, Sienna, uh, who's played by a new actress who I've never seen anything before. Do you remember what her name was? I'll pull it up right here for you because I have show notes. Lauren Lavera. Yeah. So she's she she does a great job anchoring the movie. Um, even though I, I would say her inexperience still kind of does show sometimes, but for the most part, I think she does a great job mm-hmm. uh, anchoring the movie. And she plays a character who's obviously very deeply traumatized by her father's passing and they were obviously very close, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, the problem is that m- most mm. of these actors, <laughs> what you went, mm. <laughs> most, most of these actors aren't able to play the nuance that's required of them. There's in no way where the younger son ever, ever comes across like he might be some kind of weird deviant. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it, it's, it actually feels incredibly forced when the older daughter is like telling the mom that she needs to take more seriously how he's into serial killers or whatever. It's still really weird though. What? Anyone saying any of that, I would still want them to go to see a therapist. Anybody saying what? All the things he was saying. He wasn't saying anything that was that weird. He talked about the Nazis and then he was talking about all the serial killers and he was going to dress up as a serial killer a year after it happened. It's not that weird. Still, it's someone to a psych- psychiatrist for that. I think a young teenage boy wanting to dress up like what's really funny is the line they said is like he's twelve. The mom was like, "Yeah, but he doesn't look like he's 12. The mom was like, "Do people don't dress up like Jeffrey Dahmer or Charles Manson?" And I was like, uh, was, "Yes, they do. They do. <laughs> yes, yeah. People dress up like serial killers at Halloween. Absolutely. Seems too dangerous. Also, he was dressing up like a killer clown. That's not that big of a stretch." Secondly, the thing you said about the Nazis was just like a known fact. That's not a weird thing to know. It wasn't a known fact. It he was, wasn't like idolizing the Nazis or anything. He just randomly said one thing about them. Well, it's a bit odd. Whatever. I didn't. I thought that it was the movie. And he's a 12-year-old, so that makes it even weirder. If he would have come across even mildly creepy, then I would, under, then I would have agreed with the sisters saying anything. But he just didn't come across as creepy at all. Did, did you think his his performance and him as a character, did you think that was creepy? At first, yeah, I thought it was a weirdo. Only because of what he was saying, though. I'm just saying the performance was not creepy. Okay. He was not playing a creepy kid. No, he wasn't being a creeper, no. The mom is incapable. I feel I really feel bad for saying this because, again, I know this is like an indie thing and it's a big role for but her. It's so true. But she was incapable of playing more than one emotion at a time. No nuance. 
Yeah. You actually want to go into that? Like why that so doesn't work for what her character's supposed to be? Yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to go into why it doesn't work. Um, so, yeah, my dad just now said that she can only play one emotion. And it really doesn't work because, um, you know, she's a she's a, she's supposed to be like a single mother who's supposed to like be feeling all these things. I mean, like you, you have to be able to sympathize or sympathize with her at least somewhat. But she just you can't see like that angry, but like you can't see that like that that glossiness in the eye of like, oh, but you know that she feels something behind it. She just seemed like kind of cold. Like glossiness in the eye. You know, yeah, like that. The- <laughs> like a dead animal or a fish. <laughs> well, I mean like the like tears in your in the eye, you know, yeah, yeah. or you feel that guilt. But you just can't see that from her. She just seems like a cold, distant, like abusive mother. Yeah. She- but then she'll like switch, like she's like bipolar or something, which isn't how bipolar works, but it's the only way I can describe it to to people. Um, she just seems like it, it just switches from being like super horribly harsh to like being sympathetic, but you can't really like forgive her because that's not what normal people do. Yeah, like she's clearly supposed to be this like kind of haggard. She's worn out. She loves her kids deeply, but she's struggling. You know what I mean? And she doesn't have very much patience, but she can't play both the th- emotions. Mm-mm. So what she ends up doing is like Solomon said, she ends up just switching back and forth between sounding nice to being so angry. And she's not a very good actress. Let's just be honest. Yeah. Like, so she's not very good anyway. She looks like a mom. Yeah. But <laughs> the end. But yeah. And so she'll switch from being like, also, she never seems haggard when she's being not, when she's being nice. Right. She's never, the dialogue doesn't support her very well either. Let's just say that. Like, she's not like, Hey guys, I'm sorry. I snapped last night, but between having to work two jobs and your dad dying, you know, like so I know this is really lot. on the nose. Like, yeah, but it's been a lot. Like the dialogue doesn't give her anything, right? So everything would have to be acted. Yeah. So instead, she's just like, she'll be like, hey, do you want to come down for for dinner? And then her daughter will be like, ah, I'm going out with my friends. And she'll be like, you ungrateful bitch. <laughs> it's just like crazy. It doesn't work. It yeah. does, this does not work. Mm-hmm. Um. But why are we spending so much time talking about family dynamics in a movie about a killer clown who horribly mutilates and mauls people? And I will tell you why. It's because this movie thinks that it's bigger than it is. It thinks that it's getting into the stuff that he really has not been able to get into in some of his grungier movies. Mm -hmm. And as a result, we're left with a lot of self-indulgent scenes of family drama that simply don't work in any way nope and i feel like it could have worked it could have yeah yeah but the maybe a bitter bigger bitter bitter what are you saying are you having a stroke <laughs> no, i was gonna say i was gonna make fun of myself for saying bitter but i was gonna say a bigger budget maybe would have helped having some more professional actors I'm not really sure how much of this you want to lay at the director's lay at the director's feet, but I will say that Damien is also the editor of his own movie. Oh, really? And that's a problem. Boy, should he not have been? Mm-hmm. That's a horrible idea. I mean, it happens all the time. I think Quentin Tarantino edits a lot of his movies, and I feel like that's all a horrible idea unless you're like, no. Some people do it, and they're really great. Well, I'm glad they are. Maybe Tarantino doesn't edit all of his own movies. I just feel like that's, Robert Rodriguez does. I feel like that's. Are you, are you serious? <laughs> what? 
isn't he the one who sucked at making Boba Fett? Yes, he is. Okay, yeah. well then, okay. Um, I just feel like being a director being an editor sounds horrible because I feel like your, all your movies will be too much, too long. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's always an there's always that impulse, but um, it's I like, think that oh, some people all can my do scenes it. are perfect. I don't need that. Editing. Is what <laughs> th- that's what happened in this movie, for sure. I mean, this guy was trying to make an epic slasher movie. Right when it hit all the notes, and some of the notes are just not his strong suit. Anyway, um, it's time to take a break. We'll be right back. We'll be yeah, we'll be right back, and we'll 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 finish our discussion and get into the actual uh, flesh of the movie. <laughs> Dark. Frozen, frozen heroes. Gonna tell you about Frozen, Frozen Heroes. Gonna tell you about. Hey, I'm Zach. And I'm Mike. And we have a fantastic new podcast to tell you about Bros, Foes, and Heroes. It's the two of us looking into the world of comics, breaking down some characters that you may have never heard of and some that are just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, so Zach comes up with a character each time, and uh, I go into it just completely blind. I don't know who this person is or what their abilities are or anything. And, and basically, I guess we kind of go over their origin story and just some of the ridiculous stuff that maybe, especially Golden Age stuff. Oh, Golden yeah. Age stuff is always the best. And we will make sure to highlight all of the shenanigans and just absolute weirdness yeah. of everything. Yeah, that's right. So subscribe today and uh, follow us on Instagram at Bros Bros Heroes. And if you don't, I know where you live. Not really, but please subscribe. (laughs) Frozen, Frozen, Heroes. Gonna tell you about Frozen, Frozen, Heroes. Gonna tell you about... Nine one one. what's your emergency? Do you hear that? It's coming from the house. It's coming from inside the house? Uh, Do you mean, could it be? The Poltergeist. New from Rogue Media, two haunted hotties talking about haunted places. Every episode, we dive deep into the darkest places and give you a bit of history. We're getting spooky in all the right places. You've gobbled your last ghoul. Follow along for the craziest and spookiest stories with Debbie's Dark Tourism. The Stanley Hotel, Winchester House, The Alamo, Hotel Monte Vista, and more spooky places. Find us at the underscore poltergals. P-O-L-T-E-R-G-A-L-S. Look over your shoulder. It's us, the Poltergals. Wherever you consume the podcast, you can find us there. Welcome to One Star Rewind, a new podcast about those dreaded one-star reviews that every business owner hates to receive, but yet every customer loves to read. During this podcast, we will peel back that one-star review to better understand how it happened, when it happened, and what the business owner is doing after receiving that one-star review. 
This podcast will be about love, hate, and laughter. On One Star Rewind, we will meet with real business owners who will tell their stories and how they do rely on reviews for their business. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or download us at roguemedianetwork.com. Please subscribe, but only rate and review for not a one-star review. Join us each time for a new review and a new story. Welcome back to the Kids Days in the Podcast and our discussion of Terrifier 2. Okay, so let's get away from the family drama stuff and that the characters aren't all that fleshed out. Blah, blah, blah. It's a killer clown movie, right? Big killer mime movie. Nobody yeah. cares about that stuff anyway. Um, so let's... let's. That's why you're here. That's why you're watching the movie. You're not watching it for the family drama. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. This movie if, if this movie would have had would have nailed all those aspects, then... Perfect. By all means. Yeah, uh, but it didn't, so... Unfortunately, we're left with a lot of stuff. And this is, I think we should bring up the um, big, giant, uh, bloody elephant in the room. And that is... being British or is the elephant actually uh, bloody? (laughs) Yeah, it's it's not not being British. This is a slasher movie uh, about a killer mime who horrendously and in such insanely exaggerated ways murders people. And it is... Barely shorter than like Schindler's List. <laughs> That's really funny. This is a two hour and 15 minute long movie. And the last slasher movie that I saw was even close to that long was Halloween Ends. And you know how we felt about that. And even mm-hmm. Halloween Ends, I think, had a decency to be just about two hours long. <laughs> decency. So this movie is just too long in general. Which yeah. makes it to where the scenes that don't work really should have been pulled out. But let's 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 stop sounding so so negative. What did you think about Art the Clown as the villain? Dude, Art the Clown, that is a villain, if mm-hmm. I've ever seen one. Like he the actor, you know his name. Yeah, something Thornton. That's all I know about his name. I also I got you, David Thorn Thornton Thornton. He is just crazy. He is he. I feel like he makes up for. I think he stole all the acting from that lady because <laughs> <laughs> he's having to do so much. And he doesn't even get to say any words. Yeah, he's like not like Freddy Krueger. He's just he's so fun. He's so funny. He's funny and like genuine, and everything feels so clowny. And he's a crazy psychopath, but he's still like a clown. Well, I think the thing that they did that was that was correct is that he isn't a crazy psychopath. He's something, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But he's like some kind of supernatural thing, but that is a mime or a clown or whatever. And I mentioned this the other when we were watching it, right after we watched it. The thing I loved about him is mostly killer clowns are just slashers. Yeah. You know what I mean? So if they do anything clownish, it's just like as a joke. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll honk their nose or make you a balloon animal like in um, it. But he is fully a clown. A clown and a mime. So he's doing all the material. 
and he loves it. And it's funny. Yeah. And and I want to be clear when Solomon says it's funny, this is not like late stage um Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy Krueger, where it's just he's just making dumb puns. He's objectively funny, but also he's always scary. Yeah. Like you know something awful is gonna happen. Yeah, because you're a me you're always unsettled by him, but it's just like what he does so much physical comedy and it's great. Every I I live for every second of it. <laughs> you live <laughs> for every second of it. Um well, Lived. What I also like about it is I love a g- good jump scare. You know what I mean? A good jump scare movie. Mm-hmm. Get me every time. <laughs> but what I really like about this is this is not a, there's not a lot of jump scares in this. There are some, but for the but, but the jump scares aren't usually about art. Yeah. He comes in. He's not afraid. He doesn't hide in the shadows like Michael Myers and stalk in when nobody's looking. He's not he's not a nighttime character. He'll just walk around the daytime, live his life. Yeah. And he, commit crimes. Yeah. He just walks in and like stalks the people openly. Yeah. And everyone thinks it's just Halloween, so no big deal. Mm-hmm. He does not care at all. And yep. that makes it to where his scenes are kind of it's refreshing how unique they are. Mm-hmm. So if 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 a girl hears like, oh, a window broke and she goes downstairs. Art doesn't come jumping out of the closet, grabbing her. You know he's, what I mean? He's making himself a glass of water. Yeah, he just like walks over with his big floppy clown feet and gets himself a glass of water. And then he eats it. Eats it. <laughs> <laughs> eats the whole glass. That'd be pretty funny. Um. So, yes, we have a... we. Damien has created a, I would say, top tier villain here. Yeah. 100%. And I would much rather watch him make these movies where, yeah, they're a little bit low budget. The acting's not that great some sometimes, um, but it's so true to its vision because I kind of hate the idea of a studio getting involved. And then, like, what if what if the studio bought the rights to it? And then they let him stay on as a consultant, and they, like, hired the guy who made It or whatever, and they decided to make that version of The Terrifier. Would it... Be the same. I feel like it would be the same at all. I feel like generic. This this movie would not be the same at all if if art was any different. I feel like this movie wouldn't be fun or Mm -hmm. good or and I would never watch it and I would hate it (laughs) (laughs) because it would just be gross for the sake of being gross or just be scary, which is not the same. Well, part of I think though what it works is not just is not just art being in it. It's also the aesthetic of the movie. The movie. Feels like an '80s slasher movie, even though it's set in 2018. Yeah, it's set in 2018, but it feels like an '80s movie. The sets are very '80s, '80s-ish. The microwave and stuff that they have in their house is very '80s-ish. Their costuming is, but more than that, it feels like the way it's shot. The film grain, mm-hmm. the credits. And we're not we're not talking about like a Stranger Things that's doing like some kind of '80s pastiche. This is like feels like an actual '80s movie. It feels like you're in the '80s. Yeah, like it, no, no, that's the opposite of what I'm trying to say. It doesn't feel like you're necessarily in the 80s. It feels like an actual 80s movie. Yeah, I'm in the 80s watching this 80s movie. <laughs> not what I went I mean. back in time and then watched a movie in the movie theater that's in the 80s. Except for there's cell phones and stuff. iPhones. Then what are you saying? I'm saying it feels like an 80s movie in the way every single thing else about it. The way it's shot, the way it looks. Okay, The way it's acted It is like a slasher movie that you would find on the 
bottom shelf of a blockbuster video, you would see the case and you would say, oh, that clown looks freaky. Let me get it. And then it turns out to be a lot better movie than you were thinking it was going to be. What's that word called? Whenever it's like a, a time thing, but it doesn't make any sense. Time capsule? No, 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 no. Like it's like it's a it's a it's a literary device where it's like um, it's something from let's say like a like a let's say an iPhone in the forties or something or like something it's kind of modern ish but it's still in a time period that wouldn't exist yet. It's it has a specific name. I'm gonna, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up. No, that's going to look it up right now while we're talking. It, that's all that's also, that's also like an internet thing. That's nope. like an, it's a real word that I was taught in honors English. So, um keep talking. No, I don't hate when you do this. I know you love I'm not, it. No, I'm not going to just talk because then you're not listening to me. <laughs> I, I, and you're just looking something up and you're and also just so you know, Solomon is the worst user of Google in the world. He types in the worst word combinations. It takes him 47 years to figure out whatever it is that he's trying to Google. Nope. See what's happening? <laughs> it, doesn't think, it doesn't take me. We only have seven minutes to finish up this movie while you look up an idiotic term that nobody cares about. Uh, it has nothing to do with what we're talking about. Okay. This movie doesn't take place in the 80s but happens to have cell phones in it. I know, but it, the the film grain is what is the thing. I know the word. I can feel it. It's called like a... A pneumocron or something. You're a pneumocron. It's a really good word. I would recommend people to use it, but I can't find no, it. I recommend you learn it. Maybe you can use it next time. Anyway, so we are watching a killer clown slasher movie. We have a great villain. We have perfectly fine meat sacks to be, you know, murdered. Murdered. So we what a great main character. I feel like our main characters are really good. Yeah, main character is really great. They they try and do something, and I'm I don't care that we're kind of skipping around here. They try and do something at the end of this movie where they add like a prophetic, you know, chosen one hero, mm-hmm. and they add a whole supernatural element that I just don't feel like went anywhere. Unfortunately, I would love for it to have gone somewhere, but just didn't just didn't really feel like. Did you? I don't know if they ran out of money or <laughs> they ran out of money. <laughs> kind of seemed like maybe they did. It did feel like that. I don't uh, know what would have been so hard about it. Yeah, she like her. She has a sword that her dad gave her, and it turns like magic, and it heals all of her wounds. Like it goes full supernatural, but they do literally nothing with it other than she heals her wounds. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, let's talk about the kills really quickly. What did you think of the kills in this movie? So the kills were really horrible, and I watched every second of them, and I felt I like within the first minute. You said you just now said the first kill. You're like, oh, I was fine with it. I didn't. It wasn't think it was that, that bad, but I instantly was like, this is not gonna be what good for me. <laughs> like emotionally, like yeah, like no, like physically, I felt like I was going to vomit every. Every second, but I I also like loved I loved watching it. Okay, now you're just sounding like a psycho. Oh no, I mean like it was who's fl- creepy now? No, it was fun to watch, but it was just like it was also like making me feel sick. Yeah, it was really gross. Like it it was so over the top that I would say it it never got to the Rob Zombie or Texas Chainsaw Massacre level where it actually made me feel gross. Mm-hmm. The only reason I felt gross was because the movie was freaking two hours and fifteen minutes long. So you've just been watching it for too long. So you're getting tired. You're getting fatigued. Your adrenaline's burned out. Yeah. But I didn't feel that, like, it, it's hard to explain because it was so over the top. But it was gross. I mean, it, was, it was so gross. Like, I'm a, my, my throat is, like, getting that vomity feeling into the back of it. 
right now thinking about that horrible kill on that lady. Yeah, so I'll just give I'll I'll give two kills real quick, just very quickly, so you get an idea of not just how um gory it is, but how um how mean the movie can kind of be, but it's weird because it's always mean this weird tongue in cheek way. Yeah, where it's like it's like kind of funny, but you're still like, oh, that's really gross. Yeah. So, um, like, there's a scene where he blows this woman's head off with a shotgun. That was blows really her funny. face open. It's very gross. Sounds it's very funny. You sound so much more psychotic than that little kid that you were saying sounded weird. No, I don't. No. He was gonna dress up like a clown, a killer clown. And he was talking about Nazis. And he was talking about all kinds of murderous things. He wasn't talking about Nazis. Just it's actually infuriating me that you said he's talking about Nazis. All he says was he's like, "Did you know that the Nazis used to do experiments where they were inject kids' eyeballs to see if they would change color?" That's one thing. He wasn't talking about Nazis. <laughs> okay, it's so gross. Whatever. It sounds like something that I dinner. would say. They're at dinner. They were at breakfast. And that's something I would say also, but I'm just saying. Any, anyway. Food time. So he blows this lady's head off with a shotgun, so her face is like exploded. It's just like hanging in a bunch of floppy meat. And her son comes home, and he's like set her up at the dinner table with her head all exploded. And he the clown's like serving mashed potatoes and wine. And then he starts like shoving mashed potatoes into her face what used to be her face, like, to feed her. She's dead, by the way. This is a corpse. Yeah, so it wasn't, like, torture. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it is so, it's, like, it's at the furthest edge of dark comedy. Yeah. That you're, like, kind of, you're, you can't laugh, but you're kind of, like, oh, ha, 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 <laughs> It's, like, un- it's, like, awkward, uncomfortable laughter. Yeah. And then, um, well, um. You have you you can do the last the other k- gross kill that, the, the kill that made me want to vomit. Yeah, and then you have one minute one minute to do it though. What I can't speed run how he does it. Speed run it. Okay, so I'll just give you the key details. He does a lot of slashing with like a little scalpel or knife or whatever, and then breaks her arm at the elbow. And don't forget, he already scalped her. Yeah, um, breaks it off. The whole arm is apart. Then like throws it or something. And then grabs her by like where the where the bone was separated, and then rips it in half. So she just has like a like a limp arm because all the yeah. nerves are gone, and her bone is split in half. And then she like he keeps cutting. He, he cuts her face off, like rips her face off. That's the, that's when he kills her. Okay, he scalps her. He scalps her. Oh yeah, he scalps her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He she cuts cuts like her forehead and then like rips. Anyway, you don't do all these gross details. My point was he does all these awful things and then he leaves and so she's like doing the classic. She's trying to get to the phone and we're like, okay, maybe she'll actually get something. And then he just like hops back into the room like a gremlin. Like he's not like he's not like he never seems angry during these scenes, right? He just seems like he's like. He just walks in like a little leprechaun. He's like, oh, look, I got some treats. And then he just starts dumping bleach and salt all over him and literally like pours salt in his hand and just starts rubbing it in her back. So like literally this is a great example of the of the kind of meanness of the movie. It It's calling attention to its own meanness, right? He's literally, literally rubbing, rubbing salt, salt in, in the, the wound. wound. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it. I think that I can appreciate his desire to not kowtow to the censors, and he's going to do his unrated. He refused to go get a rating, right? He wanted to cut anything. But in this case, the truth is there's a much better edited movie in there. Yeah. This movie would have been, they could cut 45 minutes off this movie, 
I don't care if some of it is some of the gore. I'm not saying you have to make it like tame and let the movie be what it is. Yeah. But um, there's a good, easy 45 minutes you can cut off, and then you have one of the, I would say, one of the best slashers, 100% better than the new Halloween movies have been. That's not even a- it's set in Halloween. It's set at Halloween time. It feels more like a Halloween movie, just in yeah. general. Like, I don't mean Halloween the movie. I mean, like a movie that you would watch it's at Halloween. Halloween. Yeah. Um, the much better Halloween vibes. You have an all-time killer. But at two hours and 15 minutes, this movie just feels too much like you were having to ride a roller coaster until you actually feel sick. Yeah. And I don't mean sick because of the whatever. I mean, like, you literally, your adrenaline is burned out. Like, you're, you're tired. You feel worn out when the movie's over. Yeah. Now, maybe if we would have watched it with a huge crowd or watched it at home where you can kind of chit-chat through some of the other parts and whatever, then two hours and 15 minutes doesn't feel that long. But I would say cut 45 minutes off. This is an all-timer. Would be an absolute fantastic recommend every time slasher movie. But with that extra 45 minutes tacked on, I'm going to have to hard. say. Like, you can't just watch that at Halloween time. Yeah, like like I said, with a bunch of people over. Anyway, yeah. we're over time. I would give this movie, uh, let's see, seven out of ten severed heads. Why can't you just stop stealing my ratings? Just give it your rating. Come on, we're out, we're All out right, of time. I'm gonna also give it seven out of ten flaming clowns. <laughs> flaming clowns. That's funny. All right, so basically, you got a seven for this movie. But hey, it could have been a nine. Just chop 45 minutes off. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Kids Days in the Podcast. We'll be back next week with a review of Black Panther. (gasps) Conda Forever. That's really exciting. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Follow us on Instagram at thekidinthepick and on roguemedianetwork.com. Till next time. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.